there was a lot of races where I didn't really train <laughs> leading up to them, uh, including doing a goofy uh, where I, I literally didn't. I think I ran one time leading up to it. Um, and it was probably for like five or six miles or something like that. Dizruns Radio, episode 620, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by my good friends over at uh, Knuckle Lights. Uh, Knuckle Lights is back on board for, I don't know what this is now, the third the third time of, uh, of jumping on board for a series of, of episodes. We'll be talking about uh, Knuckle Lights for a while over the next uh, the next several months, um, which is exciting because it's it's a product that, I, that I've been recommending, whether they've been a sponsor or not, uh, for, I don't know, a couple of years now, basically since I tried my first pair. Um, and, and if you're not sure what knuckle lights are, uh, basically it's, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're lights, they're like a flashlight, uh, but they go over your, your hands, over your knuckles to where your hands are still free. You don't have to feel like you're holding a flashlight. You don't have to feel like you're, you're holding something in your hands while you're running. You can still hold your dog leash or your water bottle or whatever. No big deal. It, 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 it the strap fits around your hand and the, the, the lights point out, uh, there's different settings, high beam, low beam, flash beam, things like that. Um, and, and they're just super convenient to have. And if you're like me and, and don't, you know, don't really care too much for a, a headlamp, uh, the knuckle lights are a, a great, a great option. Uh, just, just, uh, I'm a big fan of them. I know some of you are as well. Cause you've, you've purchased them over the last couple of years, uh, because I've talked about them and, and that word has gotten through to the knuckle lights HQ and, uh, that, that one, you know, that's helps to spur them to want to come back and support the show more. So if you haven't tried them yet, you know, the, the, the days are getting uh, shorter. The nights are getting longer. If you're running early or running late, it's going to be dark if it's not already. And you might want to have a, a light out there so you can see where you're going. And, and if you're not worried about that, don't forget that having a light while you're running helps the uh, the, the traffic see you as well. So if you're running on streets, even if it's quiet neighborhood streets, better to be safe than sorry because a car wins. Car human collision. Car wins every time. And with a good pair of knuckle lights, uh, you know, even if you don't need to, to see where you're going real, real well or, you know, you've got street lights so you're good there. Uh, but the, the lights help you to not only see, but be, be seen as well. So be seen by those drivers. Keep yourself safe. Get back and, and, and you know live to run another day is uh, certainly the name of the game. So thanks to Knuckle Lights for coming back on board. And uh, if you go ahead and grab yourself a pair over at KnuckleLights.com or on Amazon or wherever, uh, make sure you, you, you let, uh, let the folks know that you heard about it here on Diz Runs Radio. So now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is someone who I've been running in many of the same circles with online for a few years now, but never really had—I don't know—never really had much of a of an interaction with him um, until recently. I heard him interviewed on uh, an episode of Podcast Junkies, which is a, a show that I'm a big fan of. I've been friends with Harry for for many years, and uh, have been on his show a couple times as well. And during that interview, I found come to find out that today's guest is uh, is a little bit of a runner as well, specifically running some races at Disney World when he has the opportunity. So uh, consider yourself warned that we might be nerding out about a, a few things House of Mouse related today at some point 
along the way. But uh, anyway, hearing him or hearing that, that he's enjoyed some Disney races was more than enough reason for me to actually finally reach out to him and, and start up a, a little bit of a conversation and try to line up our schedules so we can have a proper chat. And here we are. So without any further ado, it is my pleasure to be able to welcome fellow podcaster, author, speaker, entrepreneur, and family man, Super Joe Pardo himself to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Joe. Really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to having a, a good time today. What is up, Super Danny? How are we doing today? <laughs> doing doing fantastic. Doing fantastic for a, uh, a a beautiful, still summery day in Central Florida, which it'll be that way for several months still. But uh, but anyway, uh, guys, if you want to connect with Joe, find out more about what he's got going on. Probably more businessy type of, of stuff than than running, but it's, uh, you know you never know what you might be interested in. Uh, SuperJoePardo.com is the website. All things social at Super Joe Pardo. Maybe we'll get into why Super Joe is even a, even a thing, but if not, you can find that in other places as well. And if you're interested in, a, in an, another podcast, he's a, a fellow podcaster, like I said. Uh, and again, kind of something different than the running thing. So if you want to branch out and get a little business in your life, just search for The Business Podcast, which is a, a great title. Uh, and it's, again, hosted by my, my man, Joe Pardo. Uh, and, and as per usual, I have everything linked up in the show notes, just like we always do. Dizruns.com slash 620 is the link that'll take you right to the show notes for all of Joe's contact information, social medias, podcasts, books, the, the whole nine yards. We'll have it all linked up there for you if there's anything we talk about today that you're interested in diving into a little bit more. So, Joe, now that we got all the uh, the housekeeping out of the way, the way we always start off each episode of the show, I've been doing this for <laughs> literally since day one. About the only thing that since day one is still going strong, 600 and something episodes later, um, is the introductory question, which is a simple question for to, to ask. For some folks, it's a simple question to answer, but for some, it's a little bit tricky. But it's just to ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? So that, that's an easy question. The uh, My favorite is is easily the half marathon distance. And the reason is, is I'm a big dude and it, it takes me like, you know, I, I usually tell people it takes me about th- like between two to four miles to really warm up and like get my body right. Like if I'm feeling right by mile three to four i could do you know i could go 10 and it's not a problem regardless mm-hmm. of the fact that in the last since having our our first kid about uh like two and a half years ago my running has tapered off a little bit though um you know for your listeners that that are interested in the, the running and the business aspect if you follow me on instagram i'm always posting uh the insights that i get from running uh and and how that relates back to business and mm-hmm. and and you know self-development yeah, yeah, it's there's uh and we can get into this a lot more as we go cuz I'm a, I'm a big uh big believer as well that uh, you know there's a, there's a whole lot of lessons I've learned from running that tie into into to business side of life into family side of life. Um it's 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 a it's a great teacher. Uh but uh but yeah, you you're talking to to the choir here I think of of a lot of folks that for the most part, you know, it, it takes all of us a couple miles to kind of get, you know, shake shake the rust off and and uh Get get feeling good. So uh, the the half marathon definitely tends to be a, a pretty, I don't know, pr- probably the most common answer because it's it's you know something you can train with, especially with a, with a family. I know you've got a, another little one that's uh, still really little, so I know that cuts into yeah. to, uh, training time a little bit. So half marathons are are a distance where you can kind of still balance, hopefully, with everything else going on in, in your life. Um, How'd you get into to running, Joe? Is that something that uh, you kind of picked up semi recently? Has it been been a while? How how how'd you find the the sport? Uh, you know, when I was like, I guess about seventeen years old, I got I just started to get. I was looking for a way to 
you know, lose some weight and uh, running turned into that thing. And then, I, you know, I, I was doing it off and on until I started taking it, um, you know, pretty seriously in like 2011. So at that point, I guess I would have been, I don't know if it was like 2004. So like set like seven years later. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so like it took about six, seven years for me to be, to really get into a, into a groove where I felt um, like I was going out constantly and doing, you know, four to six miles at a clip, uh, almost daily. Mm. Uh, that's when I was at like the peak where I was doing, you know, I, I'd go out and, and then do like an eight and a half minute mile, um, for the first mile and then, you know, slowly mm-hmm. slow down from there. But, uh, and usually around 10 minutes was, was the fastest I would get to, uh, over the course of like, uh, you know, an eight to 10 mile uh, mm. range. Um, but yeah, that's that's when I so I started to get into running that. I took it serious. You know, I got more serious with it because of uh, Mike Scopa and and Michelle Scribner McLean. Um, at the time, Mike was part of WDW Today and, and the uh, um, All Ears Running Team with mm-hmm. Michelle, and they they really brought me into into getting more and, and taking it more seriously and doing my first. I did my first half in twenty third. I think it was. I think it was like 2013. It was the Princess Half Marathon in 2013. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, you can you can kind of blame the uh, the love for Disney into to really getting you going at least on on the race front and and kind of the half marathon front and, and the podcasting front. And the podcasting. If it wasn't front. for WDW today, I would have never probably listened to a podcast. <laughs> oh, funny, funny how you can look back and kind of see that that one random thing that that can kind of change change everything for you going forward back um, in 05 yeah yeah <laughs> i i remember listening to podcasts probably about the same time but it was at that point like the podcast i was listening to were like the the morning kind of drive time radio that would put their show on on the podcast afterwards um and you know first world problems you think about having to like connect your your ipod ipod i guess at that time i get it on my my eyes confused there but you connect your ipod to the to the computer <laughs> sync it down you know and then like if you forgot to do it you're out of luck for the next day and, and what a pain it was and uh and yeah things have cut have changed a little bit obviously over uh, over the years um so so you ran your first half marathon at uh, princess in 2013 uh how many uh, you know about you may, you may not have the exact number but uh, how many um run disney races have you run since then all but one has been a uh a, a run disney race and uh it was it's probably about I don't know, eight or nine of them. Mm. And I've done Disneyland. I've done Disney world. Uh, I've done, I did the Everest right mm-hmm. before, like the last Everest that they ever did. Um, a bunch of wine and dines, a couple of, uh, you know, I've, I've done a couple of full marathons too, though. I have some funny stories about those, uh, that I get to get into later. But, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it's like, you know, I should have counted the medals. I, I, I have all the medals like in one <laughs> mm-hmm. spot. I should have counted them before I, before I came, but yeah, all but one, the only mer- uh, distance, I, the only race I've run outside of Disney was the broad street run. Mm-hmm. It's a 10 miler here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I hated that one. What did you, what did you hate about it? What did you hate about it? The streets are mm-hmm. like canyons. So you're constantly running like off like balance right and by about a little over halfway my back hurt so bad that Mm -hmm. like i was like like walking like not even barely even walking to get to the end right it was it was rough it was rough yeah 
Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 crazy how some of those those big races that are are pretty well well known. You know, I mean that's that's a, a pretty popular race uh, that that a lot of of runners are familiar with. But something like that, where if if you're not, you know, just just like you said, the 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 shape of the road a little bit can be just enough to throw things off, and now you're now you're hurting and not having the type of experience that you'd hope to have when you sign up for a race like that that so many people have talked about and is is popular. I mean, it's a crowded race. There's a lot of people out there doing that thing. It was a cool run. Like I'm glad I did it, mm-hmm. but like I don't know, my back was not was not happy that day. My lower back. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you, you mentioned r- several wine and dines and there's, there's another uh, instance where, you know, running in the same circles and, and not even knowing it because I, I, we probably shared the course a, a couple times because I, I had had a nice streak going there where I had run every, every single one of the wine and dines until they moved it to the morning race. And then that kind of ruined it for me. I uh, enjoyed it when it was in the, in the evening. Um, were, were some of the times you run it, were, were they the, the night races or have you just done that race recently? All, all the night races. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that when I cut off was uh, when it went to day uh, day race, which was probably what two years ago. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's because my daughter was there. You know, was born so mm-hmm. in March of that year, in 2016. So it was kind of like eh, I'm not going to go to Disney because I went. I did went to a lot of those races by myself without my wife. Mm. So uh, so yeah, so I wasn't going to leave her at home with like right. a six months old six months old <laughs> what uh i mean if, if you ran that race a, a few times um obviously you must have enjoyed it it was it was a race that i really enjoyed as well in part because it was a night start it was something different it was unique from from anything else that run disney does and and most other races of course start in the morning as well so it was it was a nice change of pace for me uh what, what did you enjoy uh, what did you enjoy about the uh the old school the, the original wine and dine half marathon you know i uh I, I prefer running at night. Um, I mean, I say that though now I'm running in the morning cause it's easier for me to, to accomplish it, um, with, with, with two kids and all. Um, but you know, for back, back then I, I enjoyed running at night. I would go out like at eight, nine o'clock at night for a run. And I always, I mostly enjoyed that. Uh, cause leading up to, to Christmas, people would have all their Christmas lights out. Mm, right. So, so, so it's like, it's a nice light. January is the worst because all the Christmas lights are gone and <laughs> right. it's dark and dreary and cold as anything. Um, but you know, with the, so I enjoy the fact that it was a night race, night race. So I wouldn't have to worry about, um, waking up super early and, and making sure everything was, you know, set up and ready mm-hmm. for me to, to go jump on a bus and get there and, and all that. And, um, you know, I would love to say that I enjoyed the the after party, but I actually have never been to the after party mm. uh, because I think all three times, I think I've run it three times. Um, I think it was three. It might, might have been two, but I think I ran it three times. Um, all three times or all two times, uh, there was a reason like I was hurting during both after mm, the fact to the right. point where I just was like, okay, I'm, I'm, it's cool. Everybody go have fun. I'm going to bed. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I'm efficient. So like, uh, cause there a lot of the, a lot of those races that I've run since 2013, there was a lot of races where I didn't really train <laughs> leading mm. up to them. 
including doing a goofy uh, where I, <laughs> I literally didn't. I think I ran one time leading up to it. Um, and it was probably for like five or six miles or something like that. Um, and then I went and did a goofy. It was like stupid slow, mm-hmm. but I did it. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but, but Hey, you know, sometimes, you know, you sign up for these things like, you know, what, six, eight months right. out and you don't know if you're going to, you know, what life is going to throw at you in the meantime. And if you don't, you know, make sure that you're doing the self care thing. And part of my self care is going running. Um, you know, you, you, you run out of out of runway to practice mm-hmm. and, and work up to that, that, that distance. Um, so, yeah, so, so it was, it, it was not, uh, it wasn't a great experience, but it wasn't a, those weren't a terrible experience, but I, you know, I, I did enjoy the nighttime races cause I, I enjoyed the, uh, the lights and seeing things, you know, at, at night rather mm-hmm. than, uh, early in the morning yeah and having the sun beat on you <laughs> yeah exactly that, that's one of the things i enjoyed about it as well is that um you know the, the first couple of years it was it was a bit warmer than maybe you would like it to be but since the race starts mm. at 10 o'clock at night as you go it keeps getting cooler and cooler as opposed to those races that start at 5 30 or 6 o'clock in the morning where the longer you go um the hotter it gets because like you said the sun's coming up and it's the day is starting and it, it's getting warmer so that was that was a nice little uh Maybe maybe not planned, uh, you know, or thought about uh, bonus to to the nighttime race, but it was definitely something that uh, that I appreciated the fact that it got cooler as you went and, and made it just a little bit more comfortable at the, the last couple of miles of the race. What was the one that was abbreviated? Were you at that one? I was. Because that was storm. That was the final uh, year of the night race, which would have been okay. Um, I guess you said probably 20, 2015, uh, 2016 was the one you didn't go to. Um, and yeah, that yeah. one, that one was, was, uh, boy, that was, that was an experience. It was, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those, there's nothing you can do about it, but you, you know, I know I was a little bit frustrated by it, but then, you know, you're running a Disney race, so don't get, don't get too frustrated. Just get out there and try to have a good time. And, and, uh, you know, yeah. I actually, at that, that race, I actually ran off the course, um, when we got into Epcot and went and rode Soren and then came back, jumped back on the course, finished the race and, and just went home instead of staying in the, in the party afterwards. <laughs> I didn't even realize you could ride source like way off the course then. No, I mean, you, no, you run right past, you run right past it. it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you just, you, you, you know, you, you, I guess, uh, you know, like I, I decided that that's what I was going to do. And so I, I did it and you know, it was, it was a, a unique, you know, talk about you know the uniqueness of Disney. Sometimes it was a unique, unique way of, of running a race and, and making it, you know, turn in, turn in, like I said, I was, I was trying to uh, go for a, a half marathon PR that that night and when it wasn't a half marathon anymore, I was, I was all, you know, pissy pants about it. And then, you know what, let's do something different. Let's have a little fun and, and make it enjoyable. And so ended up with a, with a good situation. But, uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, you kind of teased it a little bit and I'm not going to forget about this, that you had a couple of, uh, marathon experiences at Disney that, uh, were, were, uh, interesting to say the least. I'm imagining that one of them had to be that, that goofy where, you know, you weren't really exactly prepared going into it. And then you do a half marathon the day before, follow that up with, with a uh, marathon the next day. Uh, what, uh, you know, we can talk about that one more if you want, or what was the, what was the other experience that was uh, a bit uh, unique or interesting about running the marathon at Disney? So that, that was the, the, so I think the reason I got, did my first marathon was because I think the, if I remember correctly, the I waited too long. It was all booked up. So the only thing that had left for me to go and do it was, was the marathon. And I don't recall what year that was. That might've been in 20, 
15 i the years, I, the years I blur my really friend remember. i understand yeah 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 they, they definitely do um so yeah so i i i you know didn't uh didn't get much time to to, to practice or or, or 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 train for it at all and and i just you know showed up and did it and again super slow i think we were close to like 6 40 or something mm. like that seven hours uh that's a slow time right i i think i think i remember right, <laughs> if right. i remember correctly <laughs> um maybe it was longer than that but uh but yeah it's, it's just you know it is it, it, at the time it was funny um i i definitely remember after the fact um Especially with the goofy situation, I, I remember it was like, okay, I'm just gonna. I did the half. I know I didn't like prepare for this. I'm gonna go back to the room and just relax. And there was like some kind of meetup or something at the at beach at, at beach club. So I went there, and then it turned into like literally walking around the whole all of Epcot mm. um, with some other people. And I'm like, yes, yeah, this just seems like a bad idea. Like, but I'm doing it because <laughs> right. I'm here, and you're gonna, you know. You're gonna make it happen, um, but yeah, it just wasn't. Well, it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great experience. I wish I had trained. Um, and and I would say that the the biggest takeaway from all that, you know, is is being able to listen to your body and know like when to push harder and when to you know back off a little bit and uh, and ease you know go go a little easier than you would like to because. I mean, I, you know, when I start, I, I want to go, go, go. Right. And I know that's not how you're supposed to do it or whatever. But, you know, generally speaking, um, if I go, go, go and I stop at like the one, two and three mile markers, the stretch. Like, like I said, by mile by mile four, I'm, I'm all like warmed up mm -hmm. and, and I could go for as many miles as I need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, definitely. Uh, you know, easing in, especially the, the longer the distance, you know, kind of ease into it, get, make sure the body's feeling good. And, and like you said, listening, listening to the body and, and adapting based on what your body's telling you is definitely, uh, definitely something important. Do you have any, uh, any imminent or, or somewhat nearby plans for uh, another run Disney race or is kind of that on, on hold for a while? Uh, it's been put on hold. I, uh, the last one I ran was, in disneyland it mm. was i think it was the disneyland half marathon or i don't think it was the tinkerbell right but that's a 10 mile right i don't remember um, I, I never got into the the disneyland ones too much because i live you know just out just down the road from from disney world so it's like i'm not gonna travel necessarily to california to one when i can just go up the street to run one here i see i used to think the same thing you know being in philly like oh i'm not gonna i don't need to go to disneyland and then Four going on five years ago, um, I took my first trip out to Disney to Disney on the West Coast, or not even Disney, just LA in general. And I was like, ah, you know, this is cool. And like, I was like, I don't know when I'll come back. Whenever I'm not a big, not not really that crazy about all this. And it was like, when did you know it? Like, not even a year later, I'm back out there <laughs> um, running a race because I want to get my my coast to coast right. medal. Because I like the way it looks, so you know, Walt and Mickey in the in the circle. I was like, "This is awesome! I gotta, I gotta have this." Yeah, that it's, would it... it's so silly. Yeah, so like, I don't know. I, I I wanted to make it happen, so I found a reason to go. You know, mm -hmm. to to fly uh, to fly out there and and make that happen. Yeah, I, I uh, 
probably could have been that would have been that would have been the trick to convince me into to doing it would have been the you know lining up the years to get the 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 coast to coast medal and now they don't have at least right now the the Disneyland races are on hiatus so the coast to coast is a is a relic so consider yourself um you know I don't know fortunate or whatever that, that you've got a collector's item at this point <laughs> you know I I did the Disneyland half marathon and I think I did I did two races out there uh i believe i'm pretty sure i did two races out there and um i I wasn't that big of the fan of it like there was a lot of um there was a lot of like narrow like narrow points especially running through the parks Mm -hmm. that that just seemed so narrow and 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 so you know slow you down kind of thing um which i mean heck when you're when you're slow, you're slow, right? <laughs> if, if if I was fast, I'd be running up with everybody in the front, where they, it's like it's so thin that it doesn't matter, right? right. Um, so so I, I I mean I you know running through Angel Stadium and and all that, that I mean that was all pretty cool. I I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean to, it, because of because of going back a second time for for a Disneyland race actually turned me into more of a Disneyland fan than a world fan. I grew up Disney World. I, mm-hmm. At least I had never even been to the West Coast until like five years ago. So um so so I uh in fact in fact my daughter uh it, she her first Disney trip ever was to Disneyland. Mm. Uh when you know about back in I think it was May of this year. Um so yeah so it was to me it's blasphemous you know from growing up like <laughs> disney world's the place but, right but disneyland has grown this big thing in my heart that like i i really actually kind of like it better in a lot of ways what do you like better and about i don't live on the right coast for it yeah what, what do you like better about disneyland compared to disney world because i've i've i mean i'm an annual pass holder at, at disney world like go I, I couldn't tell you how many times i've been there um, and like you never been, never, I've, I've been to California a couple times, but never been to Disneyland, never driven by it, never been in Anaheim, like never experienced it at all. What, what do you like better about the, the left coast Disney versus the, the right coast Disney? So, so let me, let me, uh, qualify this as well. I was an annual pass holder from like 2013, I think it was, or two, two thousand. I think it was like 2013, all, or two, maybe even before that, I might go back to 2011. Whenever, so we uh, we we ended up getting annual passes because of WVW today's reunions mm. um, in December, and it just made sense. Like, oh, you know, it's not that much more expensive, and we can come on two trips. And right. um, I think, and I think that goes back to like 2010 or 2011. And we we were going anywhere from like three times a year to like one year. I I was there six times down wow. in Disney World. Um, from up here. Yeah. I was finding reasons, excuses to go (laughs) and fly down there. Um, so, so for me, actually that, that princess might've been 2011, not 2013. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to think like the years aren't matching, lining Mm -hmm. up in my mind, but, um, which would also explain why I have so many more medals than, than I probably would if I only had like, yeah. So anyway, (laughs) point being is, is I went out, you know, we loved it. We go all the time. I had so many friends down there because of WDW today and just, you know, uh, so many people I've got great people I've gotten to meet from other podcasts and other, other 
reasons and and locals and everything so i love it and i and i love it for the people i love it for the experience i love it for the processes you know again i'm a business guy so so like for me i, I love the processes end of it and, and how the magic happens um and when i got to disneyland for the first time i was like super underwhelmed i was like this this is not this mm -hmm. this is not magical this is not great um I, this seems small it seems inferior to to what i'm used to and what uh which is why I, I never planned on going back like you know like oh maybe someday i'll come back but not that interested fast forward to a year later when i want to get the when i want to get the medal um that's when going back i i think i was i was with a couple of different people on that trip other because i was with family on the first trip so i was kind of taking it all in but we were only there for like two days so i was trying to take it in as quick mm -hmm. as i could and you know i didn't really have a chance to absorb it and all i saw was like wow that castle is really small right <laughs> like it's tiny um and and i didn't have a chance to really appreciate it. on the second trip i was with you know i was with my people mm -hmm. you know and on the second trip, that's when, like, I really got to see, like, like why it's so much more special. Not just because Walt's there and it's Walt's Park. Like, that's all awesome, and I appreciate that and all that. But that's that's not why. So, so for me, it's um, food is a big factor. Uh, I love the fact that I can get really good food mm. at, at the quick services without having to go and sit down and, and burn an hour, hour and a half. Um I like the fact that downtown Disney is right there mm. within walking distance. Uh, I think California Adventure is pretty darn good uh, and makes up for like two of the parks like in, in, in uh, Walt Disney World. So, mm. so in my eyes, it'd be like taking the studios, especially now, like, well, not so much with Twister. I haven't seen the Twister land. And I also haven't been down there since um, Avatar Land went up. So, like, pre those two things, taking, like, the studios and taking Animal Kingdom and, mm -hmm. like, boop, you put it together and, you know, you are you take, like, two almost half-day parks, probably a little more than a half-day park, and putting them together into something that can be a whole-day experience mm -hmm. um, that has some really awesome things to it. Uh, meanwhile, over in, in, in Disneyland, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just so um it's it's quirky too right like you, you the amount of time it takes to wait in line to get passes is absurd like they should <laughs> seriously you're waiting customer service line right or, or customer whatever they call it and they should just have somebody out there with like a cart with like a printer just like mm -hmm. are you buying here to buy tickets like boom here you go boom here you go and just keep the you know get people out of the line rather than having these long lines that it, it's it's just it's ridiculous so there is there is several things about disney land and i know you can buy your ticket online or whatever but i, I chose not to and i was like oh it can't be that big of a deal to go buy a ticket right no it's a big deal so <laughs> definitely buy your ticket online don't don't wait to, to go buy it in the in the in the queue um you know i and i think uh you know, there's the magic of like, you know, a lot of those attractions, like somebody thought like all these things up like early on in the mm. process. And I think that for me is what made it even more special than 
um, how you know grandiose, uh, um, what's we call it could be you know the the, the Magic Kingdom could right. be, uh, or, or Walt Disney World as a whole. And and I'd also go as far to say like uh, I don't I didn't really like World of Color with the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. but I watched it for I was there for the what was it the fiftieth anniversary and they had the fiftieth anniversary show there and that was incredible. I mm-hmm. love that. And of course, it's gone now. But right. um, back to the world of color, which I am not a fan of. But uh, but yeah, you just have to you just have to look at it, um, like you know, with a different pair of, of glasses on than what you look at, you know, Walt Disney World with. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with that said, I haven't been back to Walt Disney World in uh, I forget when's the last time I was there. It was, it was probably like in 2015 uh before ava was born so you're you're due it sounds like it's been a while yeah we're we're going i think we're going back at the end of this year beginning of next year so it's like december into january like over christmas like break type of Mm -hmm. situation because a bunch of my family's going down so So yeah your your family and and, the annual passes now are ridiculous dude did you did you like it's like 850 dollars well the the trick is i'm like that's insane the the trick is for us locals is you get the the lower tiered one that has some of the blackout dates um because those are the times that i i don't want to go anyway like at christmas time it's too crowded you know so so we, we we don't get the the high end ones um and actually it's it's cheaper than what we were getting before and we still go the, pretty much the same amount of time because we're not going, you know, in the dead of summer when it's super hot and everybody's on vacation. We're not going at Christmas time when it's the weather's good, but everybody's on vacation. Um, so we go try to go in the off seasons and uh, save a few bucks. On, and not not that anything Disney is cheap, but you save a few bucks on the passes and uh, still get to go at the times when uh, it's a little bit less crowded and hopefully the weather is is good as well. But um, I want to shift shift gears on you a little bit, Joe, and, and kind of blend some of the, the running and the business side of things uh, a little bit. But first, I want to take a quick second and uh, pay a couple bills. Thank uh, Knuckle Lights for their continued support of the show. They've been been around for, for a while on and off as, as a sponsor for, gosh, it's been, it seems like a few years now. And uh, you know I know a lot of you guys that are listening to the show have, have grabbed yourself a pair of Knuckle Lights before because uh, let's not kid ourselves, even though it may not feel quite like fall yet, uh, fall is coming. And with fall and, and winter running, uh, it keeps getting dark darker dark earlier stays dark later the the days get shorter the nights get longer and when you're out on your run even if you're on a a, a well-lit sidewalk street type of thing having the knuckle lights is is great because not only can you obviously see you see a little bit better but if there happens to be any random traffic on the road as well uh having the, those lights on your on your hands shining where you're going uh is a great way to help the cars the drivers to see you keep you safe while you're out there uh and that's ultimately the name of the game because uh as as we all know we've heard those stories we may may have you know heard Deb Westergaard share her story a, a few months back on the show of getting hit by a car while she was out on a run she was doing everything right the driver just didn't see her and and plowed into her and uh, obviously if it's dark out that's even easier for that to happen all of our you know running running worst nightmare is is that type of situation so get yourself a pair of knuckle lights the best uh you know 30 40 dollars that you'll ever spend to make sure that you're able to see what you're doing while you're out there running but more importantly, be able to be seen by any traffic that's coming and keep you safe, get you home uh, in one piece, have a great run and get on with the rest of your day or your evening or whatever time it is. So if you need a pair, I definitely recommend it. I've got a couple, three pairs laying around the house. I use them all the time. Uh, head over to knucklelights.com and get yourself a pair um, and make sure you uh, let them know that you heard about it here on Diz Runs Radio. So uh, kind of let them know that their their sponsor money, their advertising money is going to uh, to 
serve the, their needs and, and it's well spent for them. Helps keep the lights on here for me and it helps keep the lights on for you while you're running as well. Knucklelights.com. Thanks again to Knucklelights for supporting the show. So, Joe, like you said a couple times, you know, business is, is your thing. Running is kind of something that you do uh, de-stress a little bit for health reasons, you know, just to, to stay active. Um, and, and you also mentioned earlier, and I totally agree that there's a lot of, of carryover and some lessons that you can learn from running that you can translate to the business side of things. You can translate, like I said earlier as well, to family, to, to other areas of your life. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of lessons that, that we can learn from, from training for races and whatnot that, that apply to a bunch of other areas. So, um, you know, as, as a bad podcast host, I'm just going to throw a very, very open-ended question to you and kind of let you see where you, and try to figure out where you're going to kind of take it and we'll kind of steer the, steer the ship from there. But, uh, you know, what, what are some things that, that running, um, and, and whether it's races, training, whatever it is that, uh, has helped you on the business side of your life where, where you can look back and go, gosh, you know, whether it's an idea, whether it's, it's clarity, whatever it is, how, how does running relate to the business side of your life? So it, it, uh, clarity is one of those things. Um, for me, it's a form of meditation, um, where, you know, between the music and and doing something that's that's physical, it gives me like a like a out of um, I don't want to say an out of body like experience, but an out of body perspective on on where, where I'm at, what I'm doing, and it really opens up my mind for uh, finding solutions for things that I didn't you know know were possible. Um, and, and, it, and it's more of a calculated approach than like, and not to say that I haven't had it happen where it's like you have it, like I've had a dream and in that dream, I solved a problem that I was facing, uh, you know, whether it was like figuring out a, like a challenge or something that I, I had um, or, or a difficult, um, like a, like a, dif- like a complex problem, not, not like a personal problem, but like a business related problem or a, um, or, or, or like just like a puzzle type problem that I have going on that I, that's been racking my brain, um, going out and running, uh, really opens that up and puts, puts me in a position where I can look at it from a different perspective and, and really, you know, hone in on some potential options for how to go about fixing those challenges, uh, and facing those challenges that I have. Um, so it's not only from like a, you know, feel great, like, confidence booster um type of perspective but just from a mental like rearranging the pieces to to fit like how how i can solve this this difficult problem that has a lot of moving pieces with it um it's it's one of the things like i always say like you got to find your reset buttons right Mm. um and and with that you know running is an awesome reset button for me but like I said, it's also part, not just part of my self-care, but part of my business It's part of, you know, being able to, to come up with, with new book ideas, being able to fix, um, co- you know, co- really complex with, with lots of people involved kind of challenges. So, uh, I, you know, I would recommend anybody who pretty much everybody, it doesn't have to be running, but find something that that enables you to have that space. I would equate it to this. So I also play uh, hockey as well. And the problem I was running into when I play hockey is, you know, playing defense, you're not like always there. Like you're, there's, there's enough window of uh, a 
uh, like time window for their for my mind to start to wander Mm. and think about like all the other problems and challenges that I'm trying to solve. And uh, the problem with doing that in in a sport is by the time you can get your brain to come back to focus on like what's going on. it's already past you. Right. Like, like the puck's already past you or the ball's already past you or whatever, like the play already happened. And, and one of the ways I had to combat that with was, um, chewing gum actually. So, so for me, it's, it's a bandwidth thing where it's like chewing gum takes up enough bandwidth of like, I guess just doing that, that I can, um, and I'm not trying to solve, complex problems while trying to remember what those answers are and remember what the scenarios and how I got there, do all the math and all the, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the possibilities in my mind, you know, like I'm sitting there like a giant chalkboard in my, in my mind, like it takes up enough bandwidth where I, I don't have the room to think about that. So it's just enough for me to, you know, focus on the game, use up that excess bandwidth and, and get back into like, get back into it. Like, like, it, like I never even my mind didn't wander mm-hmm. um and and but with running I can do that like I can I can let my mind wander because I'm not trying to focus on something that's moving in front of me right yeah you're, you're able to just get out there and 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 go and if you're if your mind wanders and your pace drops off a little bit like so what like it doesn't like you said if you're playing a a, a faster action sport or something that's that's like like I mean I grew up playing hockey as well. Talk about another area where our, li- our lives overlap and we didn't even know it going into it. But um, you know it, it is such a, a quick moving game where yeah if you, if you lose focus for for just a second, um, you know it's it's by you. You're, you're digging the puck out of the net and, and uh, you know you get your tail between your legs, skating back to to start the next uh, start the play again. So uh, I, I can totally see that. Um, do you have any? Uh, uh, you know, like you said, some book ideas. I mean, we, we didn't even really touch on the books too much yet, but you, you've written four books, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, like any good entrepreneur, I'm sure there's probably half a dozen more that are, that are, could, could be written or and maybe will be written in the future. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I had my first book kind of finally, finally come out uh, earlier this year. And uh, I know that there were, some, yeah, ooh, talk about it. Uh, you know, you know firsthand how, how much that process can be uh, maybe more uh, than, than you anticipate going in. Probably a lot like training for a race or something like that. We don't realize how much preparation, how much work it actually takes. Um, you know, so along the, the process of, of writing books, creating, you know, po- the, the podcast, things like that. Um, are, are there any examples that you can think of where there's, there was something that you were really struggling with, kind of feel like you're banging your head against the wall, couldn't make any pro- any progress, and then all of a sudden maybe during a run or after a run, things just happened to, you know, you were able to, to get in that zone, let the mind wander and, and, and see some, some clarity that really was like, Oh, this is, this is the missing piece and able to, to kind of proceed from there. Yeah. So, um, and I wrote about this in my, in my fourth book, sales won't save your business. Um, we were in a, in, in a, uh, working in my family's business, we were in a really, uh, bad inventory, uh, crunch type of situation where we had like close to $6 million in inventory. And, um, we we didn't need six million dollars in inventory. We we really should have been, according to the numbers, should have been closer to like two and a half to three. And it was running during that time that really helped uh, enable me to 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 push through a lot of the obstacles because what like it was such a complex problem of like how do we like we had an inventory system and all that, but like from the perspective of of the juggling the people and the perception uh, at the same time is like, okay, we need to get the inventory down. 
you know, there's a way to do it. We got to, I got to go back to our computer company and like ask them to retool a bunch of things in our, in the algorithm to, to handle inventory management more effectively. They were like than what they had already had, like put forth in the past. And during that time I was going out running like every single night, um, every single night for, you know, like I said, I was putting in four to six miles a day, uh, at the time because I, I just, I needed that outlet and that time. And when, after I'd get done that, I would get back, um, I'd get back to the house and I would go on, the, you know, on my computer at like eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night and work for two, three, four, five hours, uh, depending on what time it was, I got started to develop, um, the, the algorithm better and like tweak, you know, work on the tweaks. So give, going out for those runs helped me re, refocus myself and, and exude that energy that would have sometimes came out in anger or frustration, but came out as me running, um, and, and ultimately bettering myself, mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, taking it out on other people or, or, um, you know, not necessarily taking it, like intentionally taking it all the people, but just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong person, right. uh, and, and having that be a thing that happens. So, so yeah, running played a huge, huge role at the time, um, for me, uh, you know, to, to get through all that. Gotcha. And, and you mentioned in there that, that running was a form of kind of self-help and, and helping you to, to, to get to where you wanted to be. And I know that, uh, the, at least a, a couple, maybe all three of your other books are all kind of self-help related books as well. What, uh, and I, maybe we can, we can touch on each of them real quick to kind of give a, a quick overview, but, um, how'd you get into the, the writing about self-help space and, and, and putting some things out there that, that could hopefully help some people probably be better with their businesses, maybe be better in their personal life, family life, you know, just, just all, all areas of, of their life as well. So, so, uh, in 2000 and so leading up to that whole, or after that whole inventory debacle, um, that I just talked about the, um, I, you know, I started to, to get really burnt out and in 2013, uh, the summer of 2013, I, uh, I sat down with my dad and I told him I wanted to, to leave. I wanted to move on. And I didn't know what that looked like. Right. Like I grew up in a family business. I've been there, um, all the whole time. It, it, it had grown into a hundred million dollar enterprise between the five different companies. Um, with the largest being the, the, um, the truck parts company that we had the, the inventory crunch in. And, uh, and I was like, well, you know, I, I didn't know what I want to do. I, I went and I did a bunch of different um, networking events and, and I was like, oh, maybe I want to be in sports. And I and I signed back up to go to school, uh, college because I, I don't have a degree. Um, so I'm like, uh, you know, I'll figure it out. And what ended up happening was was in uh, I fought my my final day was actually April and uh, April 24, uh, April 2nd, 2014. And I, you know, I still didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like I was still going to school and I was trying to figure it out and I was, didn't, didn't know. So a month after I was on my way, I was on my way to a Disney run, the last <laughs> Everest ever, ever to be put together um, or to be ran uh, the with uh, a good friend of mine. And we were talking about. Uh, I had just put out a Disney mashup album. So it's all Disney music mashed up with hip hop instrumentals to tell mm. the story of Pixar's up. 
it's called Adventuratorium. And because uh, I'm also a, a, a DJ. So, you know, so I so I was talking to him about other Disney podcasts I could be on, you know, go to be on. And he mentioned a, a podcast that where all they do is they interview entrepreneurs. And I was like, wow, like I love business. It's one of the things that I absolutely love. I was like, but I and I could totally do that. You know, I have a ton of experience. You know, you understand, like when I was six years old, I wanted to be a child psychologist. And I was mm-hmm. crying to my grandparents about this on their floor. So for me, wanting to help people has been something that, um, you know, I wanted to do since I was little uh, and had done since, you know, through there. But schooling was never my thing. That's why I ain't got I, <laughs> I ain't got no uh, <laughs> degree. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so so. I was like, you know, I know a lot of business people. I've been been around business all my life. I was like, but I know a lot more people that live their dreams. And the shows, so so on the plane, I was like, you know, I'm going to start the Dreamers podcast. And the play, and I wrote out like a whole like list of people that I could have on the show that I most of which I knew or had connections to get to. And uh, the plane landed. I registered the, the uh, domain name, the Twitter handle, and the Facebook page before we got to the rental car. And uh, two weeks later, I, I had a show. I reached out to my good friend Al Kessel um, of the uh, uh, what's the name of the show? Tales from the Mouse House uh, at the time, and um, and he he gave me a couple of pointers that I needed to to have to you know how to get the RSS feed up mm-hmm. and all. I mean, I knew how to record audio from the DJing background. I've been I did all like I've been around computers since like '93, um, so I I'm really you know, into the right. technology side, side, side of things. I know how to build, you know, the websites and all. So I was like, okay, I know how to put a website together. How do I get the RSS feed? He showed me half hour talk. Boom. Two weeks later, I had my first episode and that was four and a half years ago now. Um, and the, the show, the show really kind of evolved as time went on. It went from being just the dreamers podcast, the dreamers podcast, uh, business lessons from those that live their dreams. And then once I was um, nominated for the business uh, podcast award of 2017 uh, from podcastawards.com, that's when I was like, you know, maybe it's time I, I upgrade the, the, the show here to be more geared towards the people that I'm actually trying to, to reach rather than just the people that, like get like they get it mm, right mm-hmm. um so so that's when it became the business podcast in in september or uh, december september october of last year and um but but going back to like after that plane ride like I, i'm explaining this this whole idea to my dad like look there's uh, i'm going to uh start this podcast i'm going to write books i'm going to uh give talks uh, build courses for people, uh, do coaching and, and see where it goes from there. And it's been, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride that I don't think I would have predicted. Um, (laughs) but the thing is, is I, is I, I've done all the things that I set out to do. And, and that's what I would say to anyone who, who has something that they're like, this is something that I really, really want. And I, and I feel it. And I, I believe this is for me. Um, you know, you're, you see the dots and you see how to connect them, but other people, they don't have the same, you know, perspective that mm-hmm. you do. Um, they don't have the same experience that you do. And, and that's one of the things. So when I went to write my first book, it, you know, it only, it took, I think, um, less than three months to do it. I wanted to do a book that was short and to the point 
and had lots of pictures in it because I wanted to build a book for people like me who don't read books, mm. who who are slow at reading like I am. I'm just a super slow reader. So I love writing. But when it comes to reading, I'm just really slow at it because um, I have to read every single word. because I want to digest every single thing that I, you know, mm-hmm. partake in. So uh, so I made this book called 31 Life Changing Concepts. And, it, you know, it was the number one um bestseller on Amazon. And it, it was a really cool experience, um, especially considering the fact that it, it was a book the way that I wanted to make it, what, you know, what my vision is. So like I did all the artwork in the book. So each concept has a has a piece of art that goes with it. And well, I'm not an artist. Mm. I, you know, I play one in books, but, but I, I wanted to show the power of what you could do when you're, quote unquote, not something. Um, and, and then the follow-up to that was uh, How to Dream Big and Win, where I went through this whole, uh, it's basically a, uh, it's actually, a, it's a coloring book designed to get you in the frame of mind of being a kid again to figure out, like, what is it that I want to do with my life, you know, and, and how am I going to get there to accomplish it? So it's very uh, action-driven and, and, you know, again, the coloring book aspect of it is to get you in that, that frame of mind. That one took, I think, um, a, like a little under three months to do. And then the the third book, I was in the middle of writing my fourth book, uh, Sales Won't Save Your Business, when I had this dream after watching um, a documentary about Banksy. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a graffiti mm-hmm. artist in, uh, in, in England. Anyway, I had this idea about um, what if you took repetition artwork, and you, but it was with words instead of art. And, and I woke up from this dream. It was like a 20, like I, I went to sleep 20 minutes later, I woke up, had this dream. And I was like, what if I did that with, um, self-affirmations? So I, I picked up my phone, wrote 70, 60 or 70 self-affirmations, went to sleep, woke up, wrote like a bunch more the next day, wrote more. And I started to, to build this book out literally 10 days later, it was available on Amazon. Wow. It's not, a, it's the book. There's only like two pages of actual text in it. The rest of the pages are uh, each page is, a, is one self-affirmation, but it's re- repeated over and over again. And then what I did was I, I used the inverse color. So instead of black text on white um, paper, I uh, took the like a like I used my mouse like a paintbrush and I did the made it. So whatever I highlighted became the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's white text on black background. And I used it as a paintbrush and I painted characters into each page like a flip book so there's hidden messages in the book itself wow like one character per page that sounds awesome <laughs> that sounds really it, really it, cool it, it is awesome i mean not everybody got it right a lot of people were like i don't get this this is silly you know how is this a book and 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 here's how it became a book right i had a dream i woke up i googled it to see if anybody else had done it Nobody else did it, so I went and did it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, sometimes um, that's all it takes. Just take that, take that action. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so it, it it did slow me down a little bit in writing the sales won't save your business book. That book took two years to write. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, you know, it, it, while the other ones took ten days, three months, and three months, this, that book took about two years. And the reason it took two years was because I I think I. I was, I think I was overthinking it, um, for a lot of that time. Like I took a lot of notes, but I wasn't, I wasn't like putting pen to paper and like actually for fingers, the keys and like actually writing it out. 
Right. And that goes back to what we just said about the, the action part. You can think and, and plan and put it in together in your head all you want, but until you actually start to do like that's, that's, you know, where the rubber meets the road. Um, as, as we get into that point of, of wrapping up, Joe, uh, I'd love to kind of shift back to, to the running and uh, maybe a little bit of the Disney side as well. Um, for, for somebody who's, for, for you, obviously a Disney fan, sounds like pretty much a lifelong Dis- Disney fan. Uh, most of the races you've run have been, have been Disney races. Um, and I've, I've, I'm probably about a 50-50 split at this point because I haven't been running Disney races much lately. So I've been, been picking up some medals that, aren't, that don't have Mickey Mouse on them for a change. But uh, I'd be curious to know from you, and, and this is where we'll wrap things up for today. Uh, for somebody who's, who's listening that uh, is, is maybe a, a lukewarm Disney fan, maybe not quite as all in as, as you and I probably are, but uh, you know, is, is out there, they're, they're certainly a runner. Uh, you know, Disney, yeah, okay, this sounds good. What would, what would be your... Um, reasoning to maybe try to to convince them that that a disney race would be something worth running or or maybe maybe better way to ask it what's your favorite part of of a run disney event that might sway somebody off the fence to to get them to sign up for their first uh their first race at the house of mouse oh that's pretty easy you gotta you gotta sign up with a running group that's into it Mm. It, yeah it's it's really to me it's really about the people um you know i've talked to people that have run the Disney race and uh, a lot like, especially like the hardcore runners I've heard how much they dislike it. Cause there's a lot of long highway with nothing on it and, and things like that. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to disagree with that, the, the two points, uh, you know, kind of, they're not great either, but, um, but I, I would say you gotta, you gotta get in with a, with a great running group um, that that's, that's really, centered around disney uh because you you might not totally understand it until you start to to see how much um how many amazing people that you get to meet because of it um because those people they get it right they they get the whole disney that's one of the reasons we went to reunion Mm -hmm. you know for wwe today was was the people you know you're riding these rides with people that get it you're getting to meet the people that get it that grew up with it or they fell fell in love with it after the fact you know after they had already grown up um but it it's uh it's gotta be the people yeah because otherwise like you're gonna be like oh it's a castle that's cool Mm -hmm. but you know you're not really gonna understand it um yeah, I would say get get with a bunch of people who get it, and and I and you might be able to be convinced otherwise. <laughs> Perfect, totally totally agree as well. It's it's uh the the environment at a Disney race is different than any other race, and and it is the the people, it is it is all of the things going on. So, uh, great great place to wrap things up. And who knows if if you know if y'all are listening and you want to come down and run a Disney race, maybe. You might not be, I don't know, maybe you can talk me into joining you, but you can probably talk me into for sure coming out and spectating and, and seeing you while you're there. So uh, anyway, uh, superjoepardo.com is the website. Dizruns.com slash 620 will take you to the show notes. We'll have everything linked up, the show notes, or the, the all the things social at Super Joe Pardo, the business podcast, all the books, it'll be all linked up. Dizruns.com slash 620. Uh, Joe, thank you for for taking the time. I, as we talked about before this started, a little bit out of the, the normal podcast interviews that you're on these days tend to be more businessy related, but hopefully it was, it was enjoyable for you to, to, to reminisce on some Disney, some running a little bit and uh, have a little different conversation than what you're used to. But uh, certainly appreciate your time and, and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward and, and running business and everything else that you've got going on in your life these days. Thank you so much, Super Danny, for having me on. I, you know, I want to say congratulations. 620 episodes. I mean, geez, I'm, I'm only at like 
like 360 or something like that. So, you know, keep up the keep up the great work and keep bringing people together because that's uh, one of the the honors that we have as podcasters. So um, and and if you're listening and you you you're interested in starting a podcast, I do run a podcast conference as well. Middleandpodcast.com. Not to plug even more, but. But Super Danny, thank you again for having me on. I am so happy I got to talk more about Disney. In fact, I'd like to be on some more Disney podcasts. It's It's been, I think, a couple of months since I've been on my last Disney podcast. And before that had been a little, like, it, it seems like every, like, four to six months I get to go on a Disney podcast. So I'd love to get to do more of these. <laughs> well, good. Glad, glad that you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Joe and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about that uh, was a bit of a takeaway for you today? For me, the takeaway came kind of there towards the end uh, when Joe was talking about his books and, and talking about how you can you can really do a lot uh even when you're not something. So he was talking about, you know, illustrating his book and he's not an illustrator, but he still did it. And just kind of showing that, that you don't have to be some quote unquote guru or quote unquote expert to make a difference and to have an impact and to, and to do something, even when it's not something that you quote unquote are, when, you know, I think he said when you're quote, not something. So that, that really stood out to me because I hear all the time from some of you guys, from some of you, uh, and just folks around the, the running community of, of all the things I'm not. I'm not that fast. I don't run that far. I'm not a marathoner. I'm not this. I'm not that. Stop. Stop. The, the, the not is the only thing not, you know, that not is, is worse than only in that I only run this or I'm only this pace or whatever, but they're both in the same ballpark for me. And it's, it's all it is, is just a matter of, of selling yourself short and not giving yourself credit for the things that you do. Um, you might not, you know, run as fast as somebody else. So what? So what? You might not run as far as somebody else. So what? So what? That doesn't make you a not runner. You're still, whether you're, you're running, run, walking, whatever the case might be, a, a mile, five miles, 5k, 10k, whatever, hundred miles, doesn't matter. In in my book, we're all we're all on that same field of of out there pushing ourselves, doing something we enjoy. You know, you may not enjoy running for twenty four hours for a hundred mile event. Lord knows, I I'm not at that point yet. You know, I don't think that makes me less of a runner than somebody who does. We're just different. There's there's different different types of races. There's Disney races. There's some more serious races. There's big races. There's small races. There's there's ten milers. There's half marathoners. There's marathons. There's trails. There's roads. There's so many different things out there that that. I, it just irks me when people say, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I run, but I'm not that fast. Well, compared to, compared to who? Compared to world record holders? Well, shit, none of us are that fast. But compared to where you were last year or last decade or whenever, hopefully you've seen some improvement. And maybe, maybe you've been in a phase of your life where you've, you've, you know, you, you have, you know, you've gotten older, which we all tend to do. Um, or, you know, for whatever reasons you were injured, you're coming back from injury. So you are not as fast as you were a couple of years ago. So what you're, you're, you're getting better, getting stronger, getting back to that point. You're faster than you were a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully you're, you're getting stronger. You're moving in the right direction. So just, just the, the thing that really stood out to me, like I said, was Joe's talking about, look what I can do, even though I'm not something I, 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 that, that stood out to me because he did it anyway. He didn't let not hold him back. And I think sometimes we, we tend to do that. Uh, maybe it's human nature. Uh, maybe it's something different, but it's, oh, I'm not, I'm not fast enough to try to, to run a, 
a fast 5k. Well, why not? Why not? I'm not, I'm not a good enough runner to, to sign up for a marathon. Well, why not? If you don't want to, don't, but if you want to, don't let some not hold you back. So I don't know if that's making any sense, but that was definitely the, the key takeaway for me or the big, like, whoa, like moment of, of today's episode. Um, and I uh, just wanted to, to share that with you and, and maybe it resonates and maybe it doesn't, but what, what was it that resonated with you? Let me know, share that with me. I love hearing those things, getting those, those notes and messages and comments and whatnot on the Twitter at Dizruns, email Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes, Dizruns.com slash 620 and leave a comment there and uh, get a little, uh, little feedback, takeaway, whatever and what have you based on today's episode with Super Joe Pardo. So with that, we'll go ahead and, and wrap this thing up. Thank you guys for listening as always. And thanks for supporting the sponsors. Today's sponsor, once again, Knucklelights. Knucklelights.com is the website. And if you, you want some some uh, feedback on them or you know, additional information, just let me know. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, it's it's one thing I try to do and, and really uh, make a good effort at is that if I take on a sponsor, it's something that I, I believe in. It's a product or a service or something that, that I think is really good in quality. And Knucklelights is, is, uh, sets the standard in that. I, I use my Knucklelights all the time. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions you have about battery life or things like that. They double as my hurricane emergency lights. Beautiful things. Um, hopefully we don't need them this year, but uh, you never know. Uh, but Knucklelights, a big fan. Knucklelights.com is a website. And you can you know, let them know uh, you heard about them from, from here, from Dizruns. And uh, that uh, I, I know that, that they appreciate to know that their sponsor dollars or their advertising dollars are well spent. So uh, thanks to Knucklelights. Thank you to listen, for listening. Appreciate it as always. Hope you have a great rest of the day and uh, certainly looking forward to talking to you again soon. But until then, please be well. Take care and uh, we'll talk soon. See you guys.